Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Yippie Kaye Classic. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Ralph's younger brother, John. And I'm Chris Coker. Hey, hey Chris, welcome back. Good to have yeah. you back. Good to have you yeah, back. It's good to be back. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, Ralph, everybody? We, we lost our millennial. It only yes, took we did. one yeah. show, and we yeah. lost him. He didn't feel like doing it. I don't well, know. because I, I he. Think- if the film was before 1960, so he turned to dust while watching it. I no, think I think what not. happened was he wanted to pick a movie that week, and Ralph made him pick something else. And I think he said, look, if I can't nothing, be my no. own man, I'm not going to do it. had I nothing think to do with it. I think it had to do with he had to do a little homework. He had to watch the film. He had to think about it a little bit. He didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> oh, homework. Uh, watch the I don't movie? Know, he may be back. He may be back. Uh, All right. Well, God, this would have been a good uh, one. This yeah. would have been a good one for him to watch because it's so old. And I would have liked to hear his reaction. But before we talk about that film, let's talk about what you watched. Chris, since you weren't here last time, what'd you watch? Um, I'm, I'm just going to go with what I actually, my first, uh, I uh, went back into the actual movie theater for the first time. I've been to the drive through a couple of times, but I went to see Dune, Denis Villeneuve's new version of, uh, of Dune, uh, part one. Let's be very clear that it is only the first half or so of the book, maybe a little over half. Uh, Dune is one of those books that I've, I've read that book from page one to the end three times. And, um, I've read bits and pieces of it literally dozens of times. So I'm wow. super familiar with the material. Um, and I had a hard time with it at first. Uh, you know, it's beautiful. It's very large. You really need to see it on the big screen. It's got a lot of that. Um, but one of the things that I had a hard time like wrapping my mind around it when I was watching it is the movie does not have a lot of the detail uh, from the book and, and from the other versions about all the little kind of, um, you know, minutia that makes up the Dune world. Right. Well, it'd be 18 uh, one of the hours thing- long, right? The movie would be 18 hours long. Well, not, yes and no. But I mean, I guess my point is this, is that he doesn't mention like a lot of these little things. You see characters, you know, perform an action or whatever. But, you know, there's a whole reason they're doing it. And there's a whole like history and only certain people can, you know, there's a, there are these people called Mentats. They're like human computers. Right. And in the and in the movie, you see them and they do these like massive mathematical. They're good with math. Exactly. By yeah. rolling their eyes back yeah. in their head, but they never mentioned the word mentat. And, and it took me a little while, but about halfway through the film, it hit me that like Villeneuve wanted to, he wanted to make, and this is what I've been calling it is like a minimalist version of Dune. He didn't want to get bogged down in all of the little detail in some ways that make the book so great, but also make it somewhat impenetrable for a lot of people. Because it's super detailed, it's got religion, it's got economics, it's got politics, it's got, you know, feudalism and all this great, and there's all this history that's hinted at um, that they don't get into. So I think he was actually trying to make a version of Dune for somebody who had A, never read the book, or seen either of the other film versions, the David Lynch version from 84, uh-huh. and then the um, sci-fi channel miniseries with, um, you know, William Hurt who was played the Duke who played Leto Atreides. And um, so it's very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested uh, to see the second half. I'm super excited that it's, it's been given an official go ahead that they're going to do it. Um, Because for me, uh, like I said, more Dune is, is, is a better thing. Um, And and it's funny, as much as I love that book, I'm not so precious about it when they change things. It really like irks me. Well, this is like so, a, this is a part one, right? Supposedly. He's, oh, it's it's. So if he's leaving things out, he might be, you know, saving it if they decide to do another one. Didn't they do? The, is it the first book? Isn't it the first book? They did half of the first book, right? Yeah. And the, right. Did right. you read it's all a, the books? I think I read them all. I, I, yeah, I couldn't read, read it. I've read all of I the couldn't. ones that Frank Herbert wrote, and I've read yeah. a few of the ones that his son has written. A couple of the prequel series. You're ahead but then of they, me. Yeah, they really started spinning out there. Um, but no, I mean, I really like the look of the film. I think that the, uh, the actors are, are, are great. Um, I've heard some people complain that they're a little one note and I'm not saying that that's not necessarily wrong. They do feel like sometimes it feels like, you know, you've got Oscar Isaacs as, as the, as, as Paul's father, as the Duke. And he is, he feels a little kind of one note. He doesn't feel like he's got a lot of depth going on there. Um, 
but at the same time, it looks great. And um, it is hard to judge a movie that, you know, is only one half of the story. You know, it really is. Um, some people would say that's, that's a cop out. Maybe, maybe it is, but um, I'm really looking forward to the second one. Did yeah. you see an IMAX or, or a straight film? Straight. No, I just went to a regular, a regular movie theater. I mean, the fact is, is there's only one real IMAX movie around us and that's the science center. Right. Um, and the IMAX that you see at like AMC or any of the other big chains, they're not really IMAX. In fact, some of the theater chains don't even call it IMAX anymore. They call it like Emax or yeah. extreme digital experience. A, a, yeah. a friend of mine saw it in IMAX and just couldn't stand how loud it was. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, I know, I know the way to see that film. I, I told everybody last week, my son saw this on an iPhone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You can't see this film on an iPhone. No. You got to go at least, you know, a regular. And, and this guy was saying the same reaction I had when I saw Man of Steel in an IMAX film. The the, the sound was so blaring that it took away from the joy of watching the sure. film because it just hurt. It literally hurt. And that's what he was saying when he saw this one in an IMAX. Mm. But from what I understand, it's such an immersive film that that's the best way to see it. And, you know, otherwise you're missing out on a bunch. Yeah, like, I mean, if the Maryland Science Center, which, believe it or not, does show, like, mainstream movies on their IMAX, um, yeah. on their IMAX screen, um, yeah. if they were showing it there, I would have definitely gone there, but I don't think they were. Oh. Um, I did see Dunkirk, you know, the Christopher right. Nolan movie, yeah. Yeah. and, and that was truly IMAX, as in the image was square, as, as opposed to rectangular. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a film where, yeah, that was amazing. Seeing yeah. it there, seeing that was pretty, pretty, right. pretty intense. So cool. Uh, John, what do you, anything you want? Well, to I, I was going to uh, say I watched Dune, except I oh. didn't, I, I did make okay. a mistake. Are we and good I then? Move. We can move. No, on. I oh. did, uh, I didn't see it in, um, the I movie missed. theater and I, I should have. Oh. Oh. I saw it at home. I have a pretty big TV and it was, uh, it, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, so I'm not going to talk a lot about it. I thought it dragged a little bit, mm-hmm. but I thought it was beautiful. I, I just visually, I really wish I saw it on IMAX. And Rose watched it too, and she really liked it. My only problem with it was watching on TV. Um, I don't know what it is with these movies that they put on TV at the same time they're in the theater. The dialogue was real low compared to everything else. So whenever they mm. spoke, I had to crank up the volume, then had to crank it back down when there was an action scene. It was really annoying. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. understand it's, what they were saying. It's and designed to me, for it's designed for big theaters. Well, well okay. Well, then don't re- release them simultaneously. Put the, put the closed caption. So what I ended up doing was after I watched it, I watched the original Doom, David Lynch's Doom. Oh, sure. yeah. And uh, I'm a little disappointed that I did because it was bad. It was bad. What? Now, in fairness to David Lynch, um, he he denounces the film because the producers, uh, he didn't have final cut on it. So his cut was three and a half hours. They cut it down to under two hours. So they crammed. A lot of inf- they crammed what's going to be in two movies into one movie. So, uh, you know, things were dropped. You, you know, a character would show up, then they're gone for the rest of the movie. And some of the special effects still hold up, I have to tell you. Uh, it was pretty ambitious. Now, in contrast to the new one, the visuals aren't even close. Yeah, you know, obviously, day, technology right? yeah. is so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I watched the whole thing. I enjoyed some of the performances. A uh, little over the top. A little homoerotic going on. I don't know if that was in the book or not, but there was definitely that going on. You mean the Lynch version or the new version? The Lynch version. Not Mm -hmm. in this version. Uh, The Lynch version, it definitely was. uh, The Baron was, yeah, yeah, he was a horn dog. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's, 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 is he the the big guy that floats around? Yeah, that's from the book, right? Yeah. And that is in the book. Yeah. I mean, I could, I don't want to get off track here, but, um, but yes, that actually, that element is in the book. The Baron is, um, he is, uh, he likes everything. ACDC. <laughs> but they didn't do that in the oh, new yes. version. And the other thing I watched real quick, uh, I watched the first two, uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, uh, the man with no name trilogy. Oh, nice. Uh, Fistful of Dollars and for a few dollars more. I've never mm-hmm. seen the first one, uh, a Fistful of Dollars, I think was the first one, right? Or was yep. it a few dollars mm-hmm. more? Uh, and it's amazing after watching the movie, how Sergio Leone, impacted how westerns were then filmed sure the stuff that he did in that movie that wasn't done in american westerns because he didn't know he just did it the way like uh whenever there's a shootout he did it from over the shoulder of clint eastwood as opposed to you see clint eastwood shoot then they they have a close-up of the bad guy they never did that before and the music was great and it was on a very low budget and it was a really tough shoot 
Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And Clint Eastwood, you know, that's what made Clint Eastwood a star. And you, you can understand why he had very little dialogue in it. And he, he yeah. definitely stole the first movie and the other two, he was more of a side character actually, but the first one, it was all him. So that's what I watched anyway. Well, he, Lee Van Cleef and, uh, Eli Wallach. Are those the ones? That's the third one. Good, bad, mm-hmm. and the other. Oh, right. That's the one where Sergio Leone and Clint Eastwood had a falling out. Oh, the first two movies, they got along fine. Uh, but the, that, he never worked with him again. But now he always falling out. He didn't like the way uh, he, he was kind of a dictator. And Clint Eastwood at that point got so big that he had his own thoughts on his character and they didn't gel. And and, and it was it, it got kind of ugly at the end. And he felt like it was a um, Eli Wallach movie and not a Clint Eastwood movie. Mm. And he didn't think it was, you know, because Clint Eastwood was the star of that movie. Right. So, but... Uh, well, he gave him a very warm um, introduction when he got the honorary. Well, honor. because he said his career, uh, Sergio yeah, him, he gave him his career. Sure. Yeah, so so he never sure. forgot that. Are you saying uh, that there are suck-ups in Hollywood, Sean, that people, <laughs> people wouldn't, uh, you know, lie to, you know, whatever? Anyway, Sean and Debbie, what about you guys? Well... What'd you watch? You know, we, I would say that we were enjoying most the return of, um, curb your enthusiasm. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are so excited. <laughs> it's it's that's a strange series cause it's like they'll do a season. They'll sort of like end the show, but you don't know whether they're, it's like, well, we're not coming back, but then it's like yeah. two years later. Ah, oh, we'll do another season. Have you been, have you seen them this year yet? Have you seen them? Yeah. We, yeah. we watched two oh of them my yesterday. Gosh. We are so excited. It was like, oh, my gosh. You yeah, know, he's, if he's there's very anything funny. that Larry David could hear us, how we gushed and how excited we were. Oh, I don't think he would care. <laughs> Listen, they want him. HBO wants him to do it every single year. Yeah. He just does it. My he favorite wants to do thing it. about that series is when they 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 got that guy that was accused of murdering somebody. Do you ever hear this documentary? Yeah, I heard that. And Kirby Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm oh, yeah, yeah. happened to be filming at, the at Dodger Stadium, yeah. and they got him on camera to prove that he wasn't the murderer. Right. Wasn't that the one where Larry David got a hooker so he could get the HOV link? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that one? Yeah. <laughs> and then his friend saw. Uh, he's just he's great. I love. It. And, and 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 since he added Leon to the to the mix, JB Smoove is just. Oh my god. Yeah. Their he's chemistry so is outrageous. So that's great. Yeah. Good one. Is that it? Anything else? Uh, I want to say with JB Smooth, one good gag in one of these episodes was it's smooth. He's, he's, he gets these tickets to take his girlfriend to Asia. It's a very expensive trip <laughs> and he breaks up with her. So he puts like out ads and he can't change the ticket name. He doesn't want to lose the money. So he auditions for other girls with the same name. It's okay. <laughs> and they'll carry that through the whole series. That'll carry through the whole thing. No, it's brilliant. He's brilliant. Uh, you know, I don't think we need to tell him that. He knows. Yeah. Uh, anything else before me? No, it? go right ahead, yeah. Ralph. Go I on. watched a car burn on Facebook. <laughs> I, mean, I saw that too. That was great. <laughs> on a, it looked on so on it looked highway too fake, in It looked like bad CGI. Yeah, that was terrible. That was like the, yeah, the green screen was terrible on that thing. <laughs> the way it burned, it didn't look like well, it was real. I got one. Uh, I got a question for you, uh, yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Did, did you see the play? Uh, did Sean have a shot of the car? The finality of it. No, no I only saw I only the burning while well, it's on fire. You, Sean and Debbie's okay. car. We only saw the raging inferno that was your car. <laughs> Insane. Well, no, I uh. I went to Pittsburgh a week ago uh, to visit my daughter who's going to Pitt and took my son and found out on my way there that I was not invited to the Halloween party they were going to. So I had to, I had to just go away for a few hours that night. So I was a, it was a toss up between going to see Dune or going to see, well, I wanted to see The Shining. The Shining was playing at a Ooh. theater in Pittsburgh. And because of weather and everything and where my hotel was, it was just a pain for me to get back in. So I had a choice between Dune and No Time to Die. And I went with No Time to Die. Bond. And I loved it. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. Are I'm you a, a big Bond fan? I'm not I didn't think I was a huge fan. Uh you know, take it or leave it, but I've become a huge uh Daniel Craig Bond fan. Yeah. yeah. And I actually went back and watched the first two or three uh, after I saw No Time to Die. Um, you know, cause this is sort of his swan song film. Um, I don't know if he'll continue on or not, but, uh, no. it was just, uh, it was really, it was really well done. And it's funny when you watch the first couple, uh, Casino Royale and then, uh, Quantum of Solace, 
It, those are much more. I mean, uh, uh, Casino Royale is basically a card game that goes on all day. And yeah, the villain, like the Mags, Mads Nicholson villain is like, he's hardly in there. And he does that one torture scene where he's swinging that thing into his nuts. But I mean, that's from the book. Hurts. That's from the book. Casino okay, Royale. great. I, I mean, don't read. I don't read. So I have yeah. no idea. I'm just watching the film. Le Chief, also played by Orson Welles in Casino Royale. The, and the, the, the Woody Allen version or yeah. the David he Niven played, version? He, he played the same character as Miggs Metalstein or whatever his name is. Okay. I'll yeah. have to watch that because uh, I just thought this was a good, uh, very well done Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond. And, and all the other players they added around. Uh, there was another 007 because he retired or went yeah. away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. new person introduces the 007. Yeah. I just thought it was really well done. Yeah. So it's a little too Jason Bourne for me. Well, they, so they started doing not that. Bond movies. They're born movies. I, and I there. loved Skyfall. I thought Skyfall. Was, oh, Skyfall may be my favorite. Craig yeah. One. It was really well done. And yeah, it does get a little Jason Bourne, yeah. but you know, and it's funny when you, like I said, when I look back at the first couple, they seem really slow compared to this yeah. one. Yeah. And lots of shots of Craig coming out of the ocean in Casino yeah. Royale, you know, all that stuff. Which one is Halle Berry in? Is that the third one? Halle Berry? She, she was in, uh, she oh, was she in, oh, she, she was, was with Pierce Brosnan. Oh, when she, she was comes in the out last in the, one with Yeah, Pierce she was Brosnan. Jinx. The she Ursula, was Jinx. when she comes out in the Ursula Andres. They were going to uh, give her, her own, uh, they were going to spin her off to her own, uh, movie, but that movie crashed and burned so yeah. bad. Okay. Well, terrible. that's, anyway, yeah, it was terrible. No time the to invisible die. Invisible car. <laughs> you should go check it out. I was on jury duty and I was jury <laughs> duty, jury member 7003. So anytime they would say juror 7003, I would say 003. <laughs> and they still good. put me on the jury, even though I did that. Were you the hit of the jury room, Sean? Were you the hit of the jury room? I or was. You? I was cracking I people up. I bet you you'd, hardly, you'd hardly imagine uh, that it was a, um, a murder. murder trial. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope you take it seriously. All right. So let's do uh, – this is a, a yippee ki classic. It's one of our last before we start doing Ron Robbins. We may have a special guest on the next one. We're kind of waiting for that information to come in. Oh, he's, he's in favor. What happened to John? He's good for the 23rd? He said he's got to check his schedule to make sure he's not flying anywhere that week. Okay, well, I don't want to give it away just yet, but that'll be a fun special guest and a fun film to do. But what happened to your brother? Uh, I guess he went away. I guess we have to keep moving. Listen, the show must go on. We don't stop for anybody. Oh, man. We don't stop for John. You think I'm going to stop for him? All right, we'll wait for him to come back. Let's see what's going on. I don't know what happened. You know, um, back to a little bit on um, Dune. Mm. There's one thing I wish they would have explained why they're fighting with swords all the time and not guns, ray guns. Well, why? you see, that's one of the one of the things they did. Oh, you no, I mean, I know why. It's because if knife. you shoot a laser at that shield, it mm-hmm. will blow up you and the person in the shield. So right. That's why the, they have to use the um, bladed instruments. Yeah, what it's it's explained a little bit in the David Lynch version, which I'm actually a huge fan of. I actually think that's a good movie. Uh, I, I think it tries. Watch, to- I tried to watch. The first 20 minutes, I'm like, eh. You know, one of the things I think Villeneuve wanted to get away from was a lot of people have said about the Lynch version is it it hits you with like a fire hose of stuff. Oh. What? <laughs> oh! Awesome. Jesus. Oh, Nielsen. Right. Oh. oh. Jesus. I, I don't know. Um, I know there'll be no Robbie the Robot there. He's got a Robbie the Robot. I, yes, think. Oh, I knew he did. Oh, yes, he does. Uh, you just gave away the film. I hadn't get. I haven't. I hadn't. Uh, what, Robbie? Yet. What are you saying, Robbie? <laughs> I I just can't understand how Rose doesn't throw you out of that house. Honest <laughs> to God, unless she's part of this cosplay you guys are doing. I have uh, an Anne Francis miniskirt. That, that was uh, you. You wear that, or does Rose wear it? No. Well, it doesn't matter, really. Does it matter? It's Forbidden Planet. <laughs> it is. All right. So so now that he's back, the movie is Forbidden Planet. Debbie. Pick Forbidden Planet. Do you want to see a trailer first, Debbie, or do you want to yes, talk about it? Who needs a trailer with me here? Oh, no kidding. as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future. 
sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the forbidden planet, you explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the forbidden planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. 20 miles. Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? 7,800 levels. Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible. The narrator of that trailer was Robbie the Robot. Okay. Marvin okay. Milner, I think it was. Is that really? his name, Marvin? Yeah. Was yeah. he from Adam 12? No, not that guy. No. That's Martin. Uh, all right, Debbie, give us some uh, facts, some stuff, and then we'll dive in. Okay. So we were watching this. This first time I've seen this on Turner Classic Movies. And I said, this sounds like a good movie. See, we watched it, and I loved it. Wait, wait a minute. You said the first time you saw it was on the first time you saw it was on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, I've never seen it. Before. Oh, Just, oh wow! Uh, you know, we were watching TCM, and I turned it on. And I said, "Wow, this that's this is a cool movie to watch," and I loved it. It's a uh, um, Leslie Leslie Nielsen plays a, a Adam. Um, John Adams with his John, Captain John yeah, Adams. Yeah, they go to uh, a planet, and they end up um, the person for a lost mission um, that was twenty years ago um, that they lost track of. So they go to this planet, they find the planet, and they're forbidden. They said, "Don't come! Don't come to this planet." He warns him, right? He warns him, don't land on this planet. I can't guarantee your safety, right? Yes. Dr. Morpheus. Morpheus. Morbius. 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 Walter Pidgey. Morpheus is what you inject into your arm when you have a problem with heroin. Or who will give you a red pill or a blue pill. That's right. They go to this planet and um, they they meet uh, the the good doctor there. And... uh, his daughter is Altira. Altira. His hot daughter. His hot daughter. Alt- yes. Played by Anne Francis. Beautiful. Um, she's very innocent, very sweet. All the um, astronauts, they're kind of hit on her. <laughs> crazy about her. Yeah. They've been in space a while. But <laughs> right. she's not interested in them. You know, well, she doesn't very, know very whether she. Well, okay. Go ahead. Well, she's she, just. She, she, you know, she's been around uh, her dad all this time because 20 years. Sexual years. innocence. Right. Yes, yeah, she's very innocent. She doesn't know anything. So this is all new to her seeing, you know, other men other than her father. So it's interesting. She's treating them like they're specimens, you know, like strange. And she has no, no, you know, regular um, associate that she doesn't have any idea what these men are all about. And they're totally crazy for her, but she she's just like not into that. Well, well, she gets to the point into it. Where, well, well, we're, we're jumping, we're jumping around. Okay, but there's okay. also the story of all the other people who Morbius was with got killed by some unknown creature, right? 
Well, it was a rescue mission. This was a rescue mission. This was a rescue, but there was an original crew that got killed. That's right. So the good doctor says there's some evil force here in this planet, and it killed off everybody oh, right except that was but, living there all the all the um the crew that came to discover what was going on with this civilization this civilization was 200,000 years ago this is called a krell um civilization and they built this at now we don't know this is gradually coming out to um exposition you know, Les, a lot uh, of exposition Wilson, right uh, commander adam adams with the doctor the doctor he and the doctor. Uh, tells Doc. them, you know, all this stuff in bits and pieces. Um, now, what happens uh, is amazing because it's similar to The Tempest, William Shakespeare. And I know you you know that. Did you do any um, uh, Shakespeare? No, John? I did not. No, I oh, did. Well, I did well, the Hamlet soliloquy in an acting class. That was it. Yeah. Well, I I tried to read Shakespeare, but I said I wish they would use English. All right, give me the quick because I don't know, I don't know what Tempest was. I know I know the okay. title. I don't. What's the quick one sentence synopsis of the Tempest? Quick, quick. Tempest is about a guy named Prospero who was the Duke of Milan, and his brother took over his kingdom. Send him out. Him and his daughter are shipwrecked on an island. Much like this, he's got a beautiful young daughter who grows up in exile with him. But he's a sorcerer. He has magical powers, much like um, Morbius in this film. But Morbius is science. And also, Morbius has two assistants. One is is a fair, like a Ariel fairy, which is sort of like Robbie the robot. And he also has a monster that does his will too. Okay, so so that's the that's the main similarities. Well, there you then go. The, that's yeah. Then outsiders yeah. come and the daughter falls in love with him. But I don't think there's as much of an incest theme. And the Shakespeare plays there is in this one. Yeah. I didn't catch the incest theme. What, just because the father-daughter were close? Yeah. yeah because- it's obviously he's holding a great deal of, you know, possessiveness of his daughter. Well, he's that's where the whole... To hold on to her sexuality. Well, you know, yeah. he's trying to control her sexuality. She's an innocent. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's sort of like Eve-like because when she's there, uh, there's like a tiger and she's like not afraid of the tiger comes and... You know, she's cool with that tiger and all the other animals and the critters. But uh once once her sexuality. Yeah, awakens. and then she she kind of likes Leslie Nelson. She's single. There's a Who growing doesn't? yeah, there's a growing um Well, she hits on him right away when she mentions the three guys. The two guys in the end are really handsome. The one in the middle is really nice too, so she's picking and choosing. Um, well, she kissed the first guy. She could get her choice on that in those circumstances. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. She goes for the top guy. You know what I mean? She is after the alpha male there, and he is the alpha male. He's a commander. All right. So let's, so, but you got to admit there is a sexual nature to more, you know, because ultimately the monster is Morbius. It's sort of like a combination of the Tempest and, and Freud. You know, uh, yeah. I, I, I saw it as I saw it as him being protective, not yeah. I didn't catch any incest. incest. I mean, she's I didn't walking. Catch that. I don't know. He's, uh, he's holding on to his daughter's innocence in a way that it's like it's unnatural. Yeah, so yeah. it's unnatural because the, well, because they've been okay, alone on the planet her whole I got life. The dates for all this: William Shakespeare, sixteen eleven, wrote the Tempest. Wrote the Tempest in uh, Freud. His time was 1850 to 
rocket goes into hyperdrive and um um well, Morbius was tapped into the Krell. Is that the name of the, the Krell? Yeah, Krell. Yeah. Civilization. The Krell technology. He was tapped into their technology. Mm-hmm. So he, now their, you know. their technology was one of perpetual um, learning. No, uh, complete energy, energy perpetual energy. Oh, right, motion right. machine. The, the, all the okay, little the whole, dials, ten times, ten times, ten. Yeah, was yeah. Um, perpetuating itself. All right, but let's let's talk about. Died. Because the the machine was the the most important thing. Well, because they could create things from thought, so they didn't have to do anything anymore, and the machines kept it going, and yes. eventually, right. it wiped them all out. Uh, but as a film, let's talk about it as a yeah. film. This was one of the first serious science fiction films that was made, is what I read. That this was yeah. now what it, makes this so atypical is when we have a, a an Earth and the um, the aliens come to us. Right. This is when they go there and they find, you know, an advanced uh, civilization there. But that civilization was already gone, right? Millions of years. Yeah, the Krell, yes. The Krell were gone. Yes. So there are no aliens. The only aliens are what? The, there are well, no aliens. The monster the from id. the id. But that id, that know, was that's from the doctor. That's yeah, but it manifested yeah. into a monster. Right, yeah. right. But that mm-hmm. comes from Morbius. Yes. Probably using the technology to tap in and expand Well, the brain, brain. booster. And the, the machines manifested what he came up with. Right. Look, this movie was uh, originally a B movie. And then MGM decided, because I think at that point, This Island Earth had come out and one other movie. And they said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to, it was the most expensive movie they made that year was this movie. And what they did was they decided that they were going to play it straight. The director of this movie went to the cast and said, look, don't think if this is a kid movie, even though it, it was made for kids and adults. He said, you have to take this deadly serious other than the one character, Earl Holloman, who was there for comic relief, right? Well, and the robot was kind and, of. Yeah, but even the robot had some serious things in it. And by the way, the guy who designed the robot also designed B9 and Lost in Space. He also designed right, that robot. Right. And, um, yeah. and this, the robot became the biggest star of the entire movie, but they pumped a lot of money into it. Uh, the sets were all shot in studio. They're beautiful. The special effects were cutting edge. Those now are the they, Wizard of Oz sets, too. That's right. They brought over an animator from <laughs> Disney. So anything that you saw that was animated, including the electrical charges, the monster from the id, that was animated by that Disney animator. And one of the things, one of the decisions they made that I love, they were going to show you what the Krell looked like. So they had tests of what they wanted the Krell figures to look like. And the director decided, let's just have the shape of the doors, the control panels, let people use their imagination to what they think the Krell probably looked like, which I think added to it, right? Because the doors were shaped so weird, you know? So what shape did they like have? They were made for me. Yeah, well, uh, well, how about the brain booster? It had the three probes on it, you know? So that yeah, was Where that third probe supposed to go? Well, well, that's, you know, they're, they're, they had a much bigger cranium. <laughs> Just ask But everything about perfect. it, including the music. So the music uh, was the first electronic soundtrack. Yeah, there were no the instruments. You see the credit card? Yeah, yeah. because, because, because they used no yeah. instruments, what? they couldn't right. give them musical credit. So they came up with tonalities because the unions wouldn't let them say music uh, score yeah. by that was these fascinating. guys. I thought that was well, pretty cool. Well, what happened was they did a test screen. And the test screening was so successful because they were going to put a score in it. The test screening was so successful, MGM put it out right away. Now, this was before the director did final edit. So at one point towards the end of the movie, there's a jump cut when they're on the spaceship going home because the director couldn't fix it because they put the movie right out. Right. And, and the electronic score became a huge thing. In fact, I don't know if they won the Oscar, but they definitely got nominated for one. And it became a thing, but it was the first time it had ever been done before. Just there were things in this movie that, like Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry yeah. said, this is Star fixed. Trek. Oh, At wow. the beginning, when they're, in those, when they're yeah. in those freezers, that's the yes. teleporter. The yeah, communicators, teleporter. The, the phasers, the ray guns. And, and Ralph, no backstory. It starts off with them heading towards the planet. No, I like this, that. But, you know, yeah. as soon as I started watching, I'm like, oh, my God, this is Star Trek. It was. Right down, right down Leslie Nielsen. That inspired him. Doc basically doing Captain Kirk, yep. basically, and his doc, his doc partner. Yep. Uh, the robot's interesting. Let me just show this poster. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like they're making the robot. I mean, uh, in this, you know, uh, like a real huge part of this. I know he was right. a big part of it. He's more of a comic relief than anything. 
But the way they're playing on her miniskirt and, and the robot being the protector here is pretty interesting. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think that a theme as um, you know, Fay Ray and um, the yeah, King, King Kong, Kong. King Kong. Right. in the poster, but not the show. Right, right. The show had nothing. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I think the interesting thing about that poster is it is a real throwback to what science fiction was in a way before this film. You know, science fiction always had kind of an element of you know, fear and luridness to it. You know, there was always kind of that element. I mean, even if you look at like um, some of the original, like Republic serials, uh, even the good ones, like the Flash Gordon ones, you know, there's definitely an element oh, of yeah. you know, scantily clad women. Yeah. Oh, the Black Lagoon. Like that. that creature is like stalking yeah. that woman. <laughs> and swimming um, underwater. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely think they were going for that vibe, but it, it really, they did a great job when they really took it up a notch. I mean, this this movie, even later, it still looks good. You know, um, and what I mean, obviously it's not as perfect as it was. I mean, there's that, there's that scene where the, the, the tiger comes walking out and it's kind of see-through, right. um, because it's obviously, you right. know, um, you know, the technology at the time, they weren't going to have a real tiger walk by Anne Francis. And, um, but anyway, so they were obviously plating those two things together or whatever the technical term is. Well, same and, way they uh, did her little 3D thing where they built her and she's a little mm-hmm. 3D. Which George Lucas used in Star Wars. Right. The exact same shot. Yeah. I mean, you can see how this movie, you know, I, I guess, like I said, I'm like, this is, they stole this. Star Trek stole this. And then you find no, out Gene It's Roderick, an homage. I, under- I understand that's what everybody homage. says, but oh my God. Right down to the hyperdrive and some of the other yep. stuff they were saying. I, I thought this- it was interesting too that like, even for a film, obviously, you know, when you watch a movie that's what now 70 years old or close to it, um, you watch this film and, you know, obviously there's going to be these huge technological mishaps, right? Things that totally went in different directions. But what I think is kind of cool about this film is that like it did in some way say, Hey, we're going to try to take it seriously. Like when they got in those tubes because they were decelerating, right? Well, I have no idea what would happen to a human body when it suddenly goes from, you know, light faster speed. than light travel. Right to you know slower than light travel it might tear you to pieces so maybe you would have to get in some kind of like stasis tube i thought that was really cool and they come out of it and they're actually hurt you know some of them are hurting they're holding their neck they're yeah yeah so yeah yeah. i think that there's just a lot of great traveling that's how i feel i come off with that (laughs) (laughs) a little uneasy the first couple minutes well they uh, i think they talked with the i don't it wasn't nasa at the time but they talked with the space program about some of the technology that they came up with uh the vehicles the the interior of the spaceship you know what what we the gyroscope you know they had the Mm -hmm. ship uh, which is right from uh lost in space they have the same thing in the middle of the spaceship the ship on the gyroscope so that's another homage to it so so to your point they did they took it really serious and you could see it when you look at the interiors of that ship that was a big set and the whole the whole outside was a cyclorama i mean it was a backdrop in a big circle uh and it looked great and and the special Mm -hmm. effects that scene when that monster comes to the fence yeah. And you see it animated, but you never see it real solid. I mean, think about back then watching that. Well, that's movie. what I'm going to say. You can only think about it back then. You but can't look but at- if you're a kid today seeing that, okay, 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 you we're going to talk like, about Whoa. this because Chris, Chris's six year old and nine year old watched this with him, mm-hmm. and they liked it. I wish Dylan yes. was on because I guarantee you that they're going to look at this. A kid that age, 24, 25, is going to be, come on, this is ridiculous. Okay, here's a here's a come scene on. that really, really, I don't made- think so. I do. <laughs> Really, I love this scene. And when I say it, I don't know if you guys remember this scene, but it's like, I don't know how they shot. And John, maybe you know, I should have done a little bit more research on it. But they're walking on a path and all you see is two, like three little dots walking in the big, huge um, space, you know, showing oh, the civilization yeah. of the Krells, what they yeah. accomplished. Yeah, yeah, mats and everything. And they yeah. show... Like three little figures, and yeah. you can only see their dots walking, and they're yeah. talking. Well, that's a, that's I mean, forced perspective. The, in that the middle is the middle is the set, and everything else is a matte painting. And and that whole Krell thing was matte painting, beautiful, <laughs> brilliant, beautiful matte painting. Beautiful. But yeah, and when you look down and you see all those different levels, I mean, it was yeah. just and, and, and got, Lucas did that in Star Wars with the Death Star, exact exactly. same thing. Yeah, same thing. And I felt like this thing when. When you look at something like that and you see the the vastness of what was created, you know, that that feeling of enormity 
and the smallness and that, that feeling that we, we discussed before in another movie called uh, Numinos, you know, that feeling of insignificance that really captured that feeling yeah. of that, what that they say some back in those days was, was one of the proofs for the existence of God because of that feeling was so powerful. We're talking about ancients, the ancient, you know, just because somebody was ancient does not mean they were stupid. They were very, very intelligent. And they would, you know, the Greeks, they only started with philosophy, you know, studying that when they were 35. You had to be 35 to even begin philosophy. Before that, you would be studying math and all that. So they would send their um, students out at night and they would go and just gaze at the Milky Way. And that was where they would just... Um, come to that place called Numinos. And they talk, that was very... Yeah, but I mean, I think I I saw that as just how big, how how important the Krells were. I mean, I didn't see that as suddenly man is insignificant. It was just like, wow, if we can tap into that, this is going to be great. Well, it was how advanced they were. But of course, it does have the fatal thing that Sean and John always talk about, which is the one switch that blows everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, (laughs) Brian. Because once he pressed that switch, he said. Whatever you do, don't pull that switch. And you got to get it a billion miles away. He literally pushes. But Ralph, that you don't think like like the scene when that monster. F- wait, first of all, they they show the invisible monster, right? You see the footsteps, you see it pressing down, and you hear that music, that 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 electronic thing, the dun the dun, and then they take the footprint, and you see the footprint with the big claw, right? So you still haven't seen this thing yet. Yeah. So your imagination Ooh, so is so scary. Going, I know, going wild. No, but 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 then when when. Because there was, there were consequences to that monster. John, I understand. I'm the just one saying, good guy it, got it, killed. He picked him up and threw him. Oh my God, that was brutal. The way wow. he barely, barely screamed or anything. No, I'm just saying. Wow. Do I appreciate what they did? Doesn't knowing, sound like you did, Ralph. Doesn't I appreciated. Sound like you did. I appreciated, like you said, to see this, to walk into this film in 1956. It had to have been mind blowing. Like the first time yeah. you walk into yeah. Psycho, when that audience goes in and sees Psycho. But the, but nowadays. You're not going to watch that film. Like, I guarantee you, I wish Dylan were here because I, I guarantee you he would have said, are you kidding me? Listen, I think when I, listen, really? when I had him watch Michael Myers, when I had him watch the first Halloween, his first question was, I don't understand his trauma. Why is he killing everybody? I need to know why I go. Oh my God, forget it. You're ruining it. I think this movie for a science fiction movie, it holds up really well. And you I don't love anything. No, no, I, no, no, I, because I, I, I can I, be critical. I can be critical. I, of you science. can't tell me. You can't this tell me. Is, you're looking at this film and going, boy, the acting is so good and it's so realistic. Walter Pigeon basically pukes that exposition over that, that. First of all, the fact you even got minutes. Walter Pigeon to do this movie. Okay. It's a great. big deal. Okay. Great, so it whatever. gives it gravity okay, so right it's there. Big deep voice. This, this is this would I be like con- when the brothers are disagreeing. I like no, but, it. Because- but you asked me a specific question. I'm saying an audience today will not look at this and be scared by that invisible monster. No, they're not, they're going to laugh at it. Okay, I don't, not they, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't okay. think they would laugh. You should at. go. You should go to a movie with a millennial and and tell me what you. I, well, listen. that's what this was supposed to be with Dylan, but I understand. I appreciate it. You know, to me, what's interesting. And you and you guys aren't getting it, but I really think that you know it's the like when they say in the trailer provocative movie, it's the whole sexual. Aspect. Sean, you well, look it for is, sex in everything. Though. I just don't read that the way you're reading it. it well, look, they wouldn't let the spaceship play. is like a huge erect penis. No, it isn't. It's a saucer. It is not. It, it is not. It's a saucer. Are you it talking is about not. Jeff Bezos' spaceship? That one? What you mean? No, <laughs> I don't like agree a flying with that. saucer. Well, I don't agree with that. I, I, you know, the fact she wore a miniskirt, and this is in the uh, mid. Yeah, they wouldn't let it play in Spain. But I do want to put this outlawed in Spain because of that miniskirt. Well, and then, and then, wait, and then Leslie Nielsen has that whole context a little bit. Is that um, we talked about this island Earth, which also had those tubes for like interstellar travel. Yeah, that came out in '55, but I bet this film was already shooting. By the this time took two years to make it, started, yeah, two years right? in the making. Yeah, it could be, but but, and but also too. I think there. Are, I may be crazy. I think there are four big science fiction, color science fiction films. This one, War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds, um, This Island Earth, and also um, When Worlds Collide. 
The James yeah. Bond, uh, George uh, Powell. Pa- uh, when did that, that come 50s, out? Maybe a little later. I know. I know that this Island Earth and War of the Worlds came out before this, and and it was the impetus for MGM to pump all the money into it because they were. I think they were going to call it Planet Terror, and it was going to be a B movie. And and MGM said no. Based on that, we're going to make a Technicolor. It's going to be big. We're going to pump a lot of money into it, and it did. It did great. I mean, it was a huge. It was a huge box office hit, and it was. It was. Uh, one of the first really big budget, serious science fiction movies. So it's a classic. I watched it and I still enjoy it. I enjoy uh, it completely. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying Debbie I didn't saw enjoy it. For I, the first I, time. But again, I know that, that amazes like me. Saw this again, film in 1956. I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking at it to go, wow, what they, with what they had, they really kind of pulled it off. Those scenes you're talking about where they're shooting at that invisible monster yeah. in the fence. It's pretty good because it's loud and you know you're seeing the stuff. The matte paintings look fantastic, right? We're yeah. talking about seven miles this way, yeah, seven, yeah. whatever. Um, all interesting, but I just I'm, I'm just saying an, an audience today wouldn't obviously. There, it's too sophisticated. But, but even I, having a even having a kid go back and watch this, I don't think they're going to enjoy it. But, but I, don't you think, Ralph? If they looked at it, look, it's not a film made in everybody two, does in 2021. Do it. It's a film from 1956. Can they look at it? That think, way, I'm saying. Say, I'm saying, unless they're interested in it, no. If you're asking mm-hmm. someone just to walk in off the street and watch this as a malignant, they don't like The Exorcist. They think that's too slow. Well, right? look at well, this. Well, well, look at. And like, there's not enough effects yeah. in that Shakespeare one. Shakespeare is still playing, you know. Yeah, Shakespeare's still playing. I'm like, not. Listen, okay, there's Shakespeare's Shakespeare's, Shakespeare's sprinkled stories, through. Right? right. But you guys, Chris, you guys. Chris. You guys found incest Island. in this thing. I mean, you, I didn't I mean, find. I did not find incest in this movie. I mean, I Sean know there was a lot going on there. Movie. I know it was the whole. It's the whole fight between a father, daughter. Guys that's what I thought it was. He was losing his daughter. That's what right. I well, that's right. I'm not saying he wants to have sex no, with his daughter. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misinterpreted the incest. Yeah, incest Sean. seems to imply. Sean, I misinterpreted the incest part of what you said. No, it's yeah. because he's controlling her sexuality for himself. He's keeping her. Oh man! Wow! I don't. Yeah, it's like, oh, so, oh, so Chris, as you're watching this, did oh, you? Ex- this is all under. Right, Chris. Wait, Chris's something. children watched this film. He had a six-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son watch this. And were they offended by the incest? He hopes not. Wait, hold on a minute. I, I just got to say one thing, Sean. You're talking about Doctor Freud and what he said was. It's in your head. Women want to have sex no. with their fathers. No, they, I hope not. Jesus, look, come on. Look, hold on just a second. Yes, it is. Sean, Sean stop. Okay. Please. I read for it. Sean, you're, you're throwing They everything. do say you marry your mother and you marry Sean, your Sean, get a little closer to the camera, would you? Just get a little closer. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> you find, you'll find this in anything. Oh, my God. No, I mean, it may no, have been there. there was, isn't that the whole point like, of the... subconscious. This is on a subconscious. I understand. I that's the whole okay, point of this I mean, look, at, look at Robbie's head. This I mean, monster was the id monster, right? I mean... Monsters from the id. We've barely... Let's get Chris. Your kids watch this. You said they enjoyed it, right? Yeah, my my son, who is nine, seemed to really enjoy it. I mean, he was he sat through the entire thing. I um, bet he loved the robot. He he did like the robot. He was very um, excited and, and intense when it came to the scene. He was somewhat morbidly keeping account of the number of people who died I in the film. Right. Um, but uh, and like I said, you know, it it engaged both that he and my daughter. Um, you know, he's, he's got pretty good patience for films. You know, he doesn't have to have like something happening every five seconds. Um, but I think, I think just the idea is also that, you know, and to, to some, to some extent to your point, Ralph, he has, I haven't exposed him. I mean, he's seen the Star Wars films. So he's seen great special effects and he can obviously tell these aren't as exciting or as, or as flashy. But, you know, I think sometimes when you have a really strong story, you know, that it, it can draw you in. And uh, like, for example, I don't disagree with that. I, I got to the, for me, you know, it, it got to that point. And even though it's obviously animated, like drawn animation, um, you know, they did it in such a way that it felt kind of, it, it felt good. You know, I liked the way that it, it did. And in some ways it felt almost, this is going to sound weird to say, but it almost felt like it had a tactile realness that sometimes doesn't happen with some, with special effects or computerized special effects. You know, it's like give me a guy in a rubber mask any day over a computer generated monster, or or, just- or or even if they if they did stop animation and showed you 
an actual mm-hmm. monster as opposed to just the outline from the rays. That was yeah. an interesting choice too, because they were going to go the other way. And they I, said, I let's mean, try this way. And I think that the, 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 by, by making it, first off, they put so much stock into the idea that it's invisible and they have that great, and I'm sorry, it is a great effect with the, the footprints and how I'm sitting there thinking, you know, they must have literally had like a raised thing yeah. and they actually dropped yeah. the form of the footprint down over very loose soil. So it looked like something was pushing down on it as opposed to see, but that's you know, what you're doing to see. That's to me, that's what kind of takes, takes away some of the pleasure of the film, which mm-hmm. is going Oh, geez, I wonder how they did that fake looking thing. And we do that and with the, every movie we watch. I, yeah, I don't but know. I, don't, I mean, I don't uh, think yeah. it looked fake. I mean, no, I know, it, I know what you say. I do. I, uh, I agree. They were good. You know, the shots going up the steps that, are pretty good yeah. too. Yeah. And, and there's other things too. And, and like, like I did like the whole thing. I honestly, if I had one criticism of this film, I do wish we had seen the monster one more time when uh, Dr. Morbius is like trying to excise it out of existence from his own mind and, and that kind of thing when it's burning through the door. But wasn't that um, kind of really, like the Jaws thing with the barrels? They're not going to show you the monster. They're going to show you it pressing up against the door and then superheating mm-hmm. the door to create even more tension. Yeah, but we had already seen the yeah. monster at that point. Yeah. So my thought is, let's let's get one more nice shot of the monster, even if it's only three seconds. But like, give us, I really expected that one more shot of it. Um, I hadn't seen this film since the videotape era. So it's probably been over 30 years at least. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it, it, it is kind of slow, but at the same time, it does have a kind of a nice sense of mystery about it. You know, it's got a great tone. I mean, the, 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 and, the balance um, between the serious and the comedy there is comedy in here between the mm-hmm. chef. It was Earl forced Holloman. upon the director. I understand that you keep saying yeah. that, but without it was. that, and it's a completely, you know. And then Leslie Nielsen with his dark hair. You're looking at all this stuff. That's that was his, his first movie, first film. He's very yeah. dramatic in this, and the whole idea of making all that whiskey. I mean, it made the robot kind of fun, and Earl, you know, Earl the chef was fun. Uh, I don't know. I just um, we we haven't even talked about. The fear like, of female sexuality. Well, that's exactly. You keep going to that, but yeah, that's what Leslie Nielsen is saying. You gotta get that mini skirt off and put something long on that covers everything up. But they so, explained I mean, it. She's never been exposed to men. She's only been with her father. So to her, when the when she first kissed kissed Jack Kelly, it was all an experiment. Let's try that again, just to try it. But then when she kissed Leslie Nielsen, she had a reaction where she mm-hmm. didn't. So it's just a natural progression. And that's why the id came back because Walter Pigeon could, Morbius could see she was losing uh, his daughter to John Adams. Right. So that monster but one of our founders. But additionally, here's the thing. His, <laughs> his id in his anger at his daughter turns on the daughter as well. That's, that's right. Tiger attack. That's right. He is yeah. no longer the innocent in that's, Eden anymore. That's right. She, um, she has her father's rage, which is why she's in danger. Because she chose the That's man, right. Adam, over um, her father. Yeah, and and, and Chris, uh, one more thing: they did make uh, uh, drawings of the final id monster, mm-hmm. and they actually had a version that kind of had Walter Pigeon's face on it. You could see That's his face with cool. the goatee, but they said it, it, it. They didn't like the way it looked. They didn't think sure. they could work it, so they went that other route. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, it does have some, it does have some really interesting. And then, you know, you, you know, you were talking about, Debbie, you were talking about like philosophy and things like that. Um, and just generally there's, there is a great kind of underlying uh, message there. And it's funny that, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the 50, a film from 56 set far in the future. But I mean, it, it's talking about how sometimes it's no matter how far our technology gets away from us or, or becomes so amazing how it's still hard to get away from, you know, the darkness yeah. in, in, inside of us. And, and that, that id part, you know, he talks about the monsters of the id and how in the end, what did in the Krell, it's the Krell, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, what did in the Krell was their own, you know, that they had created something without thinking about, you know, what was going to happen, you know? And, um, you know, like, like that classic bit from, you know, the Jeff Goldblum in, in the Jurassic Park where he's like, you know, you know, you never stop to think about, you, you were so excited with what you could do. You never stop to think if you should do it. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a, I mean, that's been a constant, you know, theme. Oh, Oppenheimer Ethics. with the bomb. Ethics. Yeah. yeah. It's been a constant yeah. technological yeah. theme. And I, and I think that's part of it is the idea that, you know, that sometimes 
and in, in this situation, the, the Krell, you know, they, they pushed their technology so far that they forgot about their own weaknesses and their own failings, and it ended up doing them in. And it's the same thing that did in Dr. Morbius, you know, you know, all of the people who wanted to leave, you know, he, he killed them, right? You know, he killed them subconsciously. He kills them. Um, he leaves his wife naturally. She dies of natural causes. Um, and then, so he's there in this perfect Eden and it never bothers them again. Um, but then when, you know, that outside Outsiders, force comes right, right. and in once again, you know, I mean, but then the selfishness of this, this Krell technology that mm-hmm. would help earth and everybody else is now gone, right? Because of his arrogance yeah. and his, yeah, but the point of that, the point, the whole point was it power corrupts, absolute power okay. corrupts, absolutely. Okay. So that's what happened. So he knew if, it, if, if that technology went to earth, it would corrupt just like it corrupted him. That's why Which is also the a theme up. of um, selfish. the Absolutely. Tempest, no. <laughs> where you know, Prospero is a sorcerer, and he has his enemies in his hands, and he's got like godlike power. And what would you do with your enemies if you had godlike power? And that's essentially what Walter Pigeon has. Here. Right. He has like god godlike power. He can think something, and then it happens. Yeah. Well, but I, to me, you know, again, when you look at you look at this movie and what it meant to science fiction going forward. Mm-hmm. Twilight Zone used the ship a couple of times, the uniforms. Right. Yeah. You look at Lost in Space. You look at Battlestar Galactica. You look at all these shows. Well, listen, the DNA of a robot helping travelers goes all the way through aliens, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Like David and, and all the aliens. Exactly. And, or, and a car- or a robot becomes such a big ca- Look, it, they Lost did it. Lost in Space. Lost in uh, Space. They Colossus did it in Metropolis. They did it in Metropolis first, right, with the female robot. But this yeah. was the first robot that really had, first of all, it wasn't a box, right? Yeah. It was an interesting robot. It was designed beautifully because, you know, you, you, you hid the head low where the, where the lights came on. The design's beautiful. And, and it, it ended up in its own movies too. It was in a uh, episode of the outer limits. It was an episode of Mork and Mindy. So, and, um, it's amazing to me when you look over the years since the movie came out, what an influence it had on so many other things. That's another reason why when I watch it, I appreciate the story, but I also go, damn, look at that. That's where they got it. That's where they got it. That's what I'm saying. When I first started I'm like, oh my God, this is Star Trek, right? As soon as it came on, I was like, oh. The only thing everyone didn't pick up was the space pay. That was my favorite part. We're going to dock you space pay. I love that line. (laughs) Well, that was like in Aliens. They were always talking about their pay and bonus. Their share. They were talking about their share. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Ralph, you obviously saw this film as a child. I did not. So is this the first time you saw I, it? Well, yeah, I don't remember if I saw it as a kid. This is definitely the first time I watched it with critical eye, if that's what you're asking. Oh, me. really? Yeah. I and I listen, I, I know I'm saying what I said about people. I had now, it on Super 8, I believe. I'm, I'm sure you do. Sure. I, I enjoyed the film. I thought I, I, and I enjoyed the tech, the, the technical aspects of what they had to do with the film. And like John is saying, the DNA of all the other science fiction stuff that's in this film that you can track back probably right to this film. And then, of course, Shakespeare is layered in all kinds of stuff, and and sure enough, in this film as well. So from that aspect, I thought it was great. But again, I can't – I've told you guys this before. It's hard for me to separate my yeah. 2020 eyes from a 1956 eyes. I just can't do it. That's and I wish work. I could. Old style yeah. acting either. It was I don't. I can't stay. Well, it's a di- it's a different. Acting. It's definitely a different style of acting. It is. I yeah, mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. But and, it doesn't and, bother me. But you it, know, again, Leslie Nielsen wasn't horrible in this. I, I no, he was. I, listen, I bought him as the captain. His career completely um, changed once he did the Naked Gun. I mean, well, that's, he that's, was a that's straight a leading that's a man. Other, that's his whole career. But but it's so funny to see him. You think of Leslie Nielsen now, you ask anyone uh, over the age of 40 about Leslie Nielsen, they're going to talk about Naked Gun right. and Police Squad. They're not going to talk about his leading man stuff, which he did a ton of. No, so you see him now no, and you that's, get, that's the same Leslie Nielsen that did the Naked Gun? Yeah. yeah. You know? And, but and, I, I watched an interview. Uh, they, they were at some kind of Comic-Con or something, and the entire cast was still alive. And they, were, and they all loved this movie. They loved doing it. They they all took it very seriously, but they had a lot of fun. And they also all admitted they knew Robbie was going to be the star of the movie. There was nothing they were going to be able to do about it. So, How could he not? He made whiskey in his little machine. I know. It wasn't just that. The vehicles, <laughs> gallons the of vehicles were cool looking. Those two yeah, the vehicles tan- that the they had. Cool. I Those even like awesome. that, that one scene where Leslie Nielsen hits the magnet and picks up yeah. the chef on yeah. the magnet. I mean, it, it was, there was And so Oscar Goldman one. was in it, even though he got killed. Well, that's who that Goldman. was. I thought that Richard was Dean Anderson. Is right. that his name? 
I think that's his name, right? All right, Debbie, did that satisfy your need to? Yes, it did. Show this film for everybody. I'm sorry Dylan wasn't here, but that's too bad. It's his loss. Um, all right. So we got, we got an option here. We got a possible guest for the next one. Oh, we didn't find out for sure. We, he said he can do it. He's just double checking. Just okay. checking. Make sure he's not traveling. So that's, uh, Sean, Thanks, do you man. want to announce who that guest is? This would be, um, John Shepard who plays Tommy in Friday the 13th five. He's the, oh. the lead of the film. You know, a new beginning. And is he the new, you know, Jason, you know, is his oh. So we should, if so he why comes don't we, on. Yeah. Why don't we do if, a round robin? And if he doesn't come on, we'll do the round robin. If he right. does come on, we'll do the round robin the next show. Right. So we'll, spin, we'll yeah. spin for the round yeah. robin. Mm-hmm. But if he comes on, we'll yeah. do that film. We'll all watch yeah. that film and we can ask him questions about that film. Awesome. And this is um, the fifth one. The a fifth new beginning. one. Yeah. yeah. A new be- Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five, a new beginning. <laughs> well, I do remember one? that there would be four. a couple more new beginnings. Well, this, yeah, exactly. this is yeah, like uh, Sherry's farewell chapter. Sherry's sixth farewell tour. It's like that, yes. kind of like that. I'm telling you, there's lots of documentaries out there about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise that are very interesting. There's, so they, have a they shouldn't watch our show. They should watch the documentaries. They should do both. That? Do both. Speaking of okay. which, you should smash the like button. Not smash it. <laughs> punch it. Punch, punch it. it. Let's get some uh, get and some sh- I like it. Subscribe. Our subscriptions are going up too. That's so, good. All right, that's so let's do let's do this round robin. All right, I'm so excited. We'll what do you think, category? Robin? You seeing this category? Oh, bad nuns. Here we go. <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, Nicholas oh. Cage. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. Now we've done That's that. That's the on- question. Do you go with a good Nicholas Cage film? That's- oh. I mean, the beauty is bad good, bad, guy. does not matter. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one. So there you go. Nicholas Gentlemen, Cage welcome movies. to The Rock. Yeah. So either we do that next in the next one or the one after if we get Tommy or what, what's his name? I'm sorry. His name's John Shepard. Yeah, John Shepard. And it's, he uh, played Tommy. He played Tommy. It was not from 1985. Still haunted by his how his past, Tommy Jarvis, who was a child, killed Jason Voorhees, is sent to a secluded halfway house in the countryside where murders begin. Oh, okay. So Tommy, okay. I don't know the Friday the Thirteenth. Well, you remember Tommy. three, the one in three D. I saw the first okay. one. That was it. I saw the first one on Friday the Thirteenth, the day it came out with my date. We went. As by the way, I just day. want to throw out one more thing. Uh, it's great. The the last. Two weeks, Aliens has been playing on cable. I've watched it twice. Yeah. What a great freaking movie that movie is. That one and, and the second one. And the really tension. Good. Aliens is what I'm talking about, Sean, the second one. Yeah. The tension in that movie, even though I've seen it a hundred times, is palpable every time I watch that no, it's movie. A, it's a classic. It's incredible. I mean, it's a, yeah. And she is so good in the movie, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. No, it's a good one. But I, don't, don't, don't hate on uh, number three either. You should. I no, no, I don't. I don't hate it. It sucked. <laughs> there's I only disagree. there's only <laughs> one flaw in Aliens Uh-oh. second film. Uh oh. There's Uh-oh. one flaw in that film. Uh oh. There's a scene, and this even when I saw this because I saw it in the theater, even though I was too young to go to an R-rated movie, um, it, it hit me. There's a scene in the movie where they're on, they're on the planet, the planetoid, right? And she says to them, what's laying these eggs, right? She makes the thing where she says, what's laying these eggs? And I just went like, I was like, well, wait a minute. Earlier in the film, you made a point of saying that Kane said he saw thousands of right. eggs there. You already answered that question. Now, don't get me wrong. From a narrative point, you have to be, you're setting up the queen, right? But they had already answered the question no, about had that, no, how I think, many eggs there were. No, you needed to be. No, the Jeez, question the, is the, where are the, the eggs thousands coming? of eggs were in the spaceship. Where like, are the eggs coming from? Her in question where is where are the were? eggs coming from? Meaning, no, no, no. She says specifically, what's laying these okay, eggs? Okay, so she's she's asking. Help the me out, John. You just watched it twice. Why is that a flaw if she said Kane saw a bunch of these in the in the other in the, in the derelict spaceship? Right. right because why is there the a flaw? Because why is there a flaw? Because she's already said to the to that the people he saw, in the she already said he right? saw a bunch of eggs. Right. So she says, this could be a whole nother show. Yeah, exactly. She says right there, she's like, we don't know how many of them have been exposed, right? Right. My point is, is that we know that there's more eggs than there were colonists, 
already before they yeah. showed up. So yeah. why would you be thinking to yourself that something is laying more eggs? You've already answered that question. I think the whole point is where are they coming? Literally, where are they coming from? Well, well there were, I think it's incest. Already this is about incest. Aliens is yeah. about incest. Well, I felt bad for it. So <laughs> James, female sexuality. James, James Remar. Any movie. Any James Remar was Hicks originally. And he oh. got fired because he got busted for heroin possession. And he's oh. actually in a scene. Uh, you see him from the back. Well, Michael Bean, who ends up playing Hicks, was great. Yeah. They called him, uh, uh, he called him on a Friday, James Cameron. And on Monday, he was on the set shooting. In fact, the armor, they all, uh, customized their armor. He had to wear James Reamer customized armor with the little heart with the lock on it. And that movie so, made him famous. That movie it, well, he made more money on the third one when they used his picture. Uh, he got more money for the a, picture. That's a cla- we know that. But, but anyway, Sean, uh, Debbie, have you seen Aliens, the second one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you it. like it? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love the first one and the second yeah. one. So, but they're two more, totally they're different entirely movies. different genres. Yeah. Yeah. But the tension. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. if we do Aliens, I've got a tracker. And I've got a pulse rifle too that I'll bring. And you also have a ha- face hugger. I have an egg. I have an egg with a face uh, hugger. Uh, where that uh, egg come from? A life size egg. Who laid that egg? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that? I just want to say thank you for dressing for. Oh, listen. When, when you said Forbidden Planet, I I bought this like ten years ago, and I've never so had the sad. chance to wear it. This is the first time it's I get so to wear sad. it. You wear he it buys well. stuff. He doesn't thank wear you. it. You wear it well. Oh, listen, Freddie Mercury. Give me a break, will ya? That's Halloween. That's Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. whatever. I love movies. I love dressing up. This is awesome. We do aliens. I'm all over it. All right. Actually, I all right. Pick so Nick next Cage week could too. be a guest or it's Ron yeah. Robin, Nicholas Cage movies. Two weeks. Either way, it's Isn't a winner. It two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Next show. Next yeah. show. Next show before. I don't like to put, I don't like to do put time limit on it. We have to text you our Nicholas Cage choices. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, okay. no, Mom, Ralph's going to pick something off man. the wall. Raising Arizona, right, Ralph? That's what you'll pick. No, if you know, you haven't. No. You guys ever seen Mandy? Oh no, I heard about it. Yeah. No, one of my the favorites is uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Is just I love that great. movie. He's great so, in that he's movie. A t- he's got a ton. He's got a ton. They've been, they've, it's been Nicolas Cage month. They've been showing The Rock mm. and uh, and Con Air. They keep showing them over and over again. So, on sorry, any yes. other day, that might seem strange. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Chris? <laughs> I I, I uh, I've never been impressed with Michael Bay. So I well, if you like rock, explosions, you'll be impressed with Michael Bay. <laughs> but the rock, uh, both the, the rock, rock is. Con, I love the rock. Air. Love oh. the rock. Well, he didn't do Con Air. Con Air was another. Guy. I liked Old Bay. But wasn't he? Wasn't he? Didn't Michael Bay? Wasn't he a producer on the Con Air? Like that whole sure Bay no. Bruckheimer. No, no, that was directed by. I know that. I know the name. I just can't yeah, think it's of it Simon West. I think. Thank but, you. You're right. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's. A but Michael I thought Bay. it was produced by those two guys. Because remember how maybe. Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay yeah. used to have like a production no, company or something. Simpson. No, he died. Anyway, The Rock, The Rock <laughs> well, is great. Maybe, anyway, yeah, Nicholas Cage, right, just yeah. send me the film so we don't want to do double. another episode on that. Jeez. So we're so not awesome. doubling up on Nicholas Cage. Debbie, this was awesome. Well, we got to give a yippee ki yay or yippee ki nay. Oh. A oh. Forbidden Planet. I mean, how, it's a yay. Ralph. Yippee-ki-yay. Yay, yay, yay. Yeah. Debbie, Sean. Ralph, Ralph, you don't have to be forced. No, no, no. I'm, I told you I like the film. I'm just saying, I think, I think. We both give it a thumbs up. I thought the robot was great. I like the comedy. Give it yeah. a thumbs up. So, no, definitely Yippie Kaye for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Classic. Just, it I is just, a classic. Yeah. I just, it is a classic. I just don't think today's audience would buy it. But well, again, I we could say some that young people would comment on our. That's not fair. I know, I know, but he, you know, millennial. Well, if you're a little do? like Debbie Downer, yeah, I enjoyed the movie except for my bunion. Wah wah wah. <laughs> it's all good. All right, you guys have a safe week. We'll see you on the next one. Sounds good. <laughs>